Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 234. As always, I am one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my beautiful brothers out in L.A., Alex and Jesse. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Now that now that is now that is one, two, three, four, if you asked me. I don't know what that what does that mean? What? It's episode 234. Boom. Oh. Guys, patreon.com slash pod. Add free episodes, exclusive bonus minisodes after every Chiluminati episode, video minisodes, access to our new show, Rotten Popcorn, everything else that you can imagine. Art from Mel, the best drawer of art that there is that we have ever seen on this show she's the best uh and any merch that we've ever done you get it you can do it all it's all on patreon.com slash illuminati pod we're here we're there we're everywhere all at once uh somebody made a post it was on the subreddit that said i want somebody to donate ten thousand dollars so that for a whole month jesse has to yes and me no matter what it is i'm talking about no that? matter how crazy it is. And I'm like, do I need Let's to start test. a GoFundMe? All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 All right. Yeah. Test well, run. No. Go. Jesse, this whole episode is going to be a good test to see how long you can hold Here's on Here's a test to right that. now. Mathis, what do you think of the uh, jellyfish alien? Oh, I definitely think it's uh, something anomalous. It's def- with Having released the second, the second video that I shared with you guys on the text messages that we're on, yeah. where you see it go further away. It certainly yeah. seems like a 3D object and is absolutely something anomalous. And then Great. today, the DOD released a statement that is so – it's basically a mirror image of the statement they released in 2017 when those huh. UAP videos released where it's – they're not denying it. They're like, a nothing burger. we don't like yeah. when – no, they were just like, we don't like when things leak and we cannot confirm that this is a leak. But the same exact like – you know. Yeah political talk that they have to probably do because of who they are um sure what do you think jesse yeah i mean i think the footage is incredible the more we see is so interesting and i have absolutely no questions or concerns about the fact that there is a lot of other footage they keep talking about but they never show us in fact i'm fine with not ever seeing it like seeing it go in the water who needs to see that i have an imagination that's what it's for has yeah yeah that's what it's for you know if we're, we're, we'll call that a foundation. We can work on it. They just rough out some edges. <laughs> that was the free version. That was your free take. When you open I'm not your gonna crack, fully buy it like, unless you're paying. <laughs> hey, by the way, speaking of uh, uh, our uh, lovely audience, shout out to everyone over on Reddit because uh, over on the subreddit for this lovely show, a resounding response. Yeah. I mean, to a lot of stuff we've been doing lately, and I want to give a huge shout out to everyone who, a few episodes back, we were talking about light and um, the uh, the way that you could like cloak something and how that would be possible and modern day cloaking and things like that. And I just want to give a shout out to Key Cowboy. I hope I got these names right. Key Cow and R2 underscore R2 and the God O Epic and uh, Lubrication underscore Theory and to... Uh, your compass rose on YouTube who made an 18 minute video deep diving this. I literally, I, that I, was an incredible video. Yeah. When the video was posted, I'm like, wait, is this in res- wait, is this response to us? This is for us. Oh my God. I felt so special. I was like, Oh hell yeah. Let's go. I was very impressed with that. Um, and so I loved all of that. And someone sent us a video to, uh, I think it was the Gondo epic sent us a video, to Kyle Hill and Kyle Hill did a thing about it. And really at the end of the day, the thing that I learned, um, I learned two things. The first thing is one, that the way everyone was talking about it, it literally is that scene 
in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, I think. Yeah, Rogue Nation, where Simon Pegg and Tom Cruise are trying to go down the hallway, and there's a dude at the end of the hallway, and so they put up a screen that shows the light behind them, so the dude looking at it doesn't see them approaching as they're moving down the hallway, and they keep tricking him to move around the room, and they got these cameras that like change the light and stuff. That's pretty much what they're all talking about. So if you want to see an example of it and like the best case scenario of what it looks like in a movie, that's what everyone's talking about when they talk about cloaking is it's really just like altering the light for our perception kind of vibe. And would you be able to see out? Maybe not. Yeah. Like it's essentially you're not making it invisible. You're just making the light go around the object, which is you know super interesting. So you won't, but if you're inside, but if you're inside, there's no light reaching you either. Right. So you can't see either. Right. But in this, in the movie, they had like the screen where you could see through it. Oh, right. But the guy couldn't see back. So I'm like doing the movie version. Yeah. If you want to see it, I'm, I'm positive. There's clips of it on YouTube. Just look up rogue nation hallway and you'll get that. But then I also want to give a shout out to, no, it's Ghost Protocol. It's Ghost Protocol. Is it Ghost Protocol? All right. The one where he's going down the hallway and he's and he's like It's a ghost. Yeah. He's like a ghost. That's the ghost out to me. So who has never seen too many of those damn movies. Who's never seen the movie? That's the Ghost Protocol. He takes his glasses off and he looks right into the camera and he says, "Activate the Ghost Protocol." <laughs> and he holds up a screen. <laughs> I I just want to say for the record, uh those movies get better the further they get into the series. I must stress this. The first couple Mission Impossibles, I don't care about. But at I've a certain seen point, one, two, I think three. it's Rogue Nation. At a third, maybe it's Ghost Pro. One of them, at like number four on, they become incredible. I love these movies. I don't even care. I love, love them. I love, I really love the second and third one very much. I can't wait for the 14th movie, which is just going to be a documentary about Tom Cruise, like doing something crazy. Like <laughs> they're going to just drop the, the most pretense. recent one was awesome. The most recent one was so good. That's all I, I have to say I about that. I heard they didn't. It did not very well in, in theaters, and so they're renaming the sequel to not be part two, and just going to be calling it something entirely. I different. I heard uh, Palm Clementif was really good in there. It is very. I the whole thing's good. As, uh, it did great. Is. Ignore everyone. It's awesome. But more importantly, this is what I want to say uh, about the audience. I uh, love love you. hearing from people who are knowledgeable and uh have a passion in their field. So everyone who responds to us and they're like, I know something about this, and they like. Just tell it to us. I love you. And I've realized that we have a lot of smart, like smart people yes, in our dude. audience. That's, I was going to follow and If you didn't say that, I was going to follow up. And just, I was like, our audience is so much smarter than us. And I love that. I was <laughs> thinking about this and I truly firmly believe it's because we don't pander to the stupidest among us. Yeah. Like no, that is something a lot of podcasts in our space do where they like, yeah, so you read something on Facebook and we totally believe that too. Yeah. And I love that. We have an audience that would call us off. If we start doing an episode where it's like, yeah, so here's a conspiracy that some lady wrote on Facebook about this topic that I guarantee they destroy us. And I want to thank you for that. So what you're saying is no more episodes with just me, Santel and Alex. What I'm saying is <laughs> there's a lot of people who want an episode. That's just me and Santel. I would love to just be quiet. I want to be, be Dennis just, Miller in the yeah. Dennis Leary in the ref. I just want to watch. Like it's all I want. I would love that whole would have, episode. He and I have genuinely had conversations that have been circular that have lasted for like two hours. We tried to explain something like that just didn't happen to. And he's like, well, according to, and then he lists off 50 names and I'm like, that still didn't happen. <laughs> Santel is Dude. one of the best guys to talk to for several hours. I yeah, agree. It's great. It's so much fun. I bet our FaceTimes are the opposite sides of the coin. Like my FaceTime with Santel versus your FaceTimes with Santel are probably the complete opposite. I guarantee it's the exact same conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except one of us is just 
kind of goofing on the other. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, is that true? <laughs> Honestly, the mention of Santel and the jellyfish UAP, which we're going to talk about, I think, way more in the Minnesota again, because just more things have happened. Um, it's fascinating still, because even without the jellyfish UAP, uh, the closed door skiff hearing happened uh, and Grush named names finally. Like he called and said Lockheed Martin has stuff. These are the names of the people to reach out to like their actual like uh, companies that he's actually calling out by name. So they have that now. We'll see what happens. I did see the the problem with this is I think it's really interesting is um, the minute that that came out, a lot of other things came out mm-hmm. and it all could just be conspiracy stuff. But I saw this guy post this giant thing that was like, when you think about it this way, it explains why we spend so much money paying these companies for products that are way less expensive than what we're paying for. It's because we're buying them off for the secrets. And I was like, <laughs> all right, yeah, I don't believe that. But also, that's really good conspiracy theorying. Like that, it's like, oh, good job. Yeah, it has a it has a tang of retro to it. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah, yeah. When conspiracy when conspiracy theories used to be fun and not scary. Well, um, depends on who you ask. Regardless, like even if it's well, fair. Regardless of how it all ends up going, I think the good thing is they can't. Even if it ends up being not nothing, they can now. They have now people names they can call in and have like you know test hearings on or with and like actually ask questions to some of these people. But the, the, the whole other, we, we'll talk about that in the mini so today. The reason that is all a nice segue to today's main topic is because a lot of what we've covered all culminates in this particular topic. We're talking different alien races and the nonsense of that kind of thing. Um, the Philadelphia experiment even pours into this tied to actual evidence and actual people within the government who have come into contact with UAPs in the air, fighter pilots and the like all culminates in, in this chaotic way with the Dolce facility which is something that I've been toying with and talking about for years. And I finally feel like we've been prepped enough. The Dulce facility sure in Dulce, Dulce, New Mexico. No, Dulce, Dulce, D-U-L-C-E. Dulce? I don't know. It's, it just sounds funny. To Am me. I, I wrong in saying it like that? I thought that's how I don't it was know. pronounced. Dulce? I have Dulce? no idea. Maybe it might be Dulce, New Mexico. Is it Dulce, Dulce, Dulce. Is it D-U-L-C-E. Dulce. Dulce. Is it Dulce, New Mexico. Dulce, New Mexico. Dulce. Dulce. Uh, <laughs> Jesse's response to what is uh, this when I asked him off camera kind of, I think, explains how much you know about uh, it. Yeah, I know nothing. Uh, but Alex, who's a little bit more versed in the world of weird, weird conspiracies that might actually have a fabric of truth in them. What do you know about this? I know that it's a base. I know that it's like some people say, oh, like this is like the real Area 51. Like Area 51 yeah. is like Area 51 for the tourists and whatever to drive up to. And Dolce Base, Dulce Base is, is, the, uh, is the real deal. I can confirm and it's, it's underground. Dulce. Dulce. Okay, cool. There Dulce. we go. And it's underground. And it's, uh, it is and underground. It's like Multi-layered, multi-leveled underground. Big, like, yeah, like the Denver airport level superstructure down there, according to. Myth. Yeah. I know that there is a real base but I don't know if it's the reason that they say it's underground is because I believe that the base that is above ground does not look sufficient to be the base that they say that it is. Yeah. And you are uh, correct. You kind of have a general idea, I think of what this also, is. So just really quickly to give you guys some sort of like uh, clarification on where this is in the world. Uh, it is in New Mexico, but it is almost Colorado. It is the very North of New Mexico in what is both, National, the Carson National Forest is on its east, 
And then to its south and west is the Apache Nation Reservation. And this is a little tiny carved out area. And there is nothing there. Actually, there's one Ace Hardware. So that's pretty cool. I was, I was actually, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about Dulce and that exact thing. Like, this is not a place you would be able to, like, pin on your map if you were to, like, be challenged to uh, and find, like, if you know where this is, unless you maybe know of the Dulce facility. Um, but the Dulce facility, or it's just a tiny little town, a blip on the radar uh, compared to, like, a bustling metropolis that, like Jesse said, is snuggled up close to the Colorado border and the Jicaria. Uh, at uh Yikaria, I think is how you say Apache Reservation. Um, this land obviously is like rich in Native American culture and history, and uh, you know, very much a uh a, a place full of culture. Uh so this little kind of town in the middle of nowhere to have this huge facility, it kind of feeds into that conspiracy narrative really well. This little know-nothing town nobody would think of uh has this stuff. I mean, just like all around it are reservations. Yeah. There's a Ute and there's a Navajo. And there's uh wow, there's so much around them. And then this, this place, it would be an interesting place to hide a government facility. But I would imagine if I was any of the kind native of cliche, tribes, I'd be, be like, get the hell out of here. If I'm being honest, <laughs> it's kind of cliche. Like, let's have like, right. I mean, kind of a bullshit place to hide a fucking government facility, to be honest. A little trite. But is it cliche now because we're in the year 2024? Or was it cliche back in the 1940s and 50s when it was I built? I mean, okay, let's put it this way. If you're in the continental United States and you're like, where should I hide this? I would be like in some fucking busted ass desert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Even know. knowing that it might be kind of cliche too. I mean, to finding something in a desert is fucking hard. Yeah. Um, the Dolce facility itself, you know, just to give you an idea of what we're about to kind of dive into here. Uh, think of Dolce as almost like a VIP lounge of the alien conspiracy world. Like, we're talking about not just a base, but a multi-level subterranean complex where aliens and government bigwigs are believed to just mingle, conduct experiments. So instead of New York, like in Men in Black, it's just a northern New Mexico. Yes. For aliens only underground. Mingle as in, like, you open the door and it's like, hi, we got coffee, Mathis, we got your Duncan. (laughs) Refrigerated Duncan, Mathis. Yeah, this is, like, even, like, uh, there is, like, diplomatic, like, happenings between different species of alien in this place, supposedly. You know, Area 51, like Alex said, is, like, the... Oh yeah, aliens over here when the reality of where all the aliens are way out here living in the Dolce facility underground. And this thing really got big uh, in the conspiracy theory world thanks to a man by the name of Paul Benowitz specifically, um, who really was just kind of like a molder, if you want to think of it, like a, a real UFO conspiracy guy alongside Tom, a, a man by the name of Co- Thomas Costello. Uh, who was the supposed whistleblower. And we say supposed because we are unable to pinpoint if he truly is from, uh, you know, the government in the past or not. And if it whistles around, if nobody, if, if nobody's around to hear the whistle blow, did it really blow? You know, uh, no, it blows. All right. Patreon.com slash Illuminati pod. The 
theories for this base range all over the place. And we'll talk about different different uh, theories for Dolce specifically. They range from interstellar housing interstellar peace talks among different species of aliens to being the site of Doobie's genetic experiments involving crossbreeding both humans and whatever alien DNA might be being used in the experiments presently. And yes, the greys are certainly one of them that supposedly reside there. So for the next two episodes, we're going to dive deep into the Dolce facility. Today, we're just going to lay a groundwork, what this place looks like, what resides there, some of the biggest rumors, uh, and some of the bigger names involved in it. And then next week, we're going to deep dive into some of the sources, where the mix of fact and fiction make this a messy conspiracy theory. We got a little chunky boy here. Yeah, a little bit of a chunky boy. Look at this. While it's about as chaotic as I would say... Philadelphia experiment was to put together the sources that are out there are some of them are much more trustworthy than anything the Philadelphia experiment was able to present and like I said the Philadelphia experiment oddly has a slight little like string tied to the story that kind of attaches it in a small small way one sailor appeared thousands of miles (laughs) away in a base in New Mexico he time traveled somehow to get there uh, yeah, so like I said, our two main sources for this are a man by the name of Bill Moore, who is a self-identified ufologist. Uh, the man is an author and former UFO researcher, prominent mostly in the 70s and 80s. He co- co-authored a couple of books with Charles Berlitz, including The Roswell Incident. Um, basically, he's, he was interested in UFOs ever since he was a kid. He attended Thiel College out in uh, Pennsylvania and graduated in 1965. And he went to Arizona State and became a section director of MUFON, which we've talked about a couple of times out here. MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, one of the bigger civilian networks out there trying to do something with the UFO world. Um, He also wrote the Philadelphia Experiment Project Invisibility in 1979 about the alleged naval military experiment popularly known as the Philadelphia Experiment with the USS Eldridge that we covered Two weeks ago now? Yeah. Um, so, he, like I said, that little string is tied. Uh, more also in 1987, along with ufologist Jamie Shandera and our boy Stanton Freeman, th- he was a big part in circulating the MJ-12 documents that became a huge part of UFO lore that still today is debated if parts of them are actually real, if it's a whole thing is fake, because it's hard to tell with papers like that. Um, so this man really did have his fingers in a lot of different UFO war- pies over the course of decades. And then Paul Benowitz is a bit more of a uh, detailed man who has a bit more of a trackable history. Um, he was a, a businessman, a UFO investigator, and according to multiple sources, he was the target of a government disinformation campaign that ultimately led to his psychiatric hospitalization. And you might read that and think that and go, that's got to be a conspiracy. Except uh, FOIA requested documents actually back that up. Um, in particular, uh, the document, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and link it to you. It's called Will the Real Scott Jones Please Stand Up, which is over 100 pages long, um, which really isn't focused on him in particular, but it's, uh, it's there. I'm going to go ahead and try to link it here. So the CIA.gov is where we're at. Yeah, CIA.gov, this is a FOIA-requested document that came out in 2003 that's really focused on a man by the name of uh, Cecil B. Scott Jones, who is a huge uh, figure within the UFO world, and their really detailed breakdown on him. And through that, if you read this whole thing, which I goddamn did, 
there's a lot of interesting things that they're talked about, including Scott's uh, particular uh, encounter with a UFO while he was uh, piloting a fighter uh, fighter jet that uh, he talks about a disc that simply appeared overhead and followed him silently before zipping off. Who who made this? Uh, you can look at the top left. Part of it is censored. R.J. Durant, and then some other names that were censored off of it. All right. At the bottom, it says February 20th, 1992, Robert J. Durant gives an address, which probably isn't wise, and a phone number. So that's the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he doesn't live there anymore. Yeah, maybe he doesn't have the phone number anymore. Someone does, though. That's probably. Maybe that's his office. Maybe that's his office. You know, maybe that's his work. (laughs) What's interesting is. If you look at all of his references, there are three pages of it. One of them is Jacques Vallée, the the book specifically Revelations, Alien Contact and Human Deception as one of his references for for this. He he read a lot of stuff and some of the things he talks about is fascinating. I would highly recommend reading it if anybody's interested in this stuff. But through this paper, uh, we do learn that Paul Benowitz was, in fact, fed forcibly lots of misinformation to make him paranoid and it worked. The man had a psychotic break, believing his wife was in control of the different alien species. He barricaded himself in a room against her and wouldn't speak to her. Uh, he was eventually hospitalized and died hospitalized uh, from the mental break. But before all of that happened, during World War II, he was a radio electronics engineer for the Coast Guard. He worked as an engineer for San Francisco CBS station KPIX and KPHO in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, on February 25th of 1949, he got married. We know that he moved to New Mexico and started working for Galton Industries with doing sales, and he later began his own industrial sales company. And in 1966, he acquired the rights to a humidity sensor from Sandia National Laboratories. He then founded Thunder Scientific, a small family business with his wife, and uh, continued from there in the 80s. And he was uh, uh, profiled in the Albuquerque Tribune about his company. He kind of kind of became a bigger name in that in his town. And he did about a million dollars in sales. So he was very successful. He did really well with the small company. He had 30 people under his employ. And then later on in his, in his life, he became uh, a member of Arizona's Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, or APRO, which was another, like MUFON, another civilian UFO investigation uh, group. And then by the mid-70s, cattle mutilations had become so associated with UFOs we were looking at in uh, 1979, U.S. Attorney Ari Thompson and U.S. Senator Harrison Schmidt held a public meeting about cattle mutilations. And the meeting was attended to by about 80 people. One of those people was Paul Benowitz. And it's here that some conspiracy starts <laughs> to kind of bubble up because it's here that Benowitz meets a few individuals that may or may not have actually kind of used him to get information out there or have him um, see some things out in a, in a town specifically a man by the name of Gabe Valdez, who was a highway patrol officer who was directly involved with cattle mutilations in the state, met directly uh, Benowitz. Involved. <laughs> he, would, oh, he would be the one that go out and look at the cattle mutilations across no, the state. I, yeah, I know what he you was meant. I know what you meant. I just, okay, sorry, sorry. It just sounded I mean, like yeah, you yeah. meant that he cut their assholes oh, off. Oh, he was slurping yeah, it out yeah, himself? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what, that what he was doing at night. Uh, what a perfect cover. If you're the cop covering for the slurping, you might as well be the slurper. Internal affairs, but literally internal organ affairs. But uh, yeah, Benowitz met him here, um, B- Gabe Valdez, this, uh, the, the guy, the highway patrol officer, at this hearing. And Benowitz later listed Ju- uh, July 1979 as the beginning of a quote-unquote person- uh, personally funded study into UFOs. He reportedly began filming strange lights and recording unusual radio signals over Kirtland Air Force Base. On May 6, 1980, 
um, a police, uh, state police in where is that Arizona? Because he's out in Arizona and he's part of the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization in Arizona. This is in Arizona. Um, then on May uh, May sixth, nineteen eighty, a state policeman uh, in Cimarron, New Mexico, received a report from a woman calling herself "quote unquote" Mirna Mirna Hansen and describing a story that involved interplanetary visitors, bright lights in the sky, and cattle. Police in Cimarron referred to the case to their colleague in Dulce, who else but Gabe Valdez, the man that met uh, Benowitz the at the hearing. Guy. Yeah. Yep. Who they knew to be the quote unquote cattle mutilation guy. What a sad thing to be. I would not want to be that. <laughs> you wouldn't. Are you kidding me? You really wouldn't want to be the cattle mutilation guy. It's like, I, I would, would like love the- to like be associated as far as like the role in alien lore. But in reality, that's just a bunch of phone calls about cows without assholes, right? Yeah. That's not like the least cool version of yeah. being involved in the UFO world. It's I'd like- rather be the guy who talks about, you know, cool ray guns that people find. You know what I mean? Or I mean, yeah, but I mean alien books like you know what i'm first-hand saying first-hand knowledge you get like first-hand yeah, like, experience even being kidnapped by aliens the calls are a lot more interesting than like went out to my farm and uh saw all my cows butts were gone <laughs> hey, <laughs> man, right here. i saw my cows i ain't got no more butts <laughs> someone came and slurped them dude someone has slurped my cows butts you can get slurp pins over at the yeti.com slash <laughs> there you go so valdez Having met Benowitz, turned to Benowitz and contacted him about all this stuff because he knew that he was a UFO guy into this. And again, he was at the cattle mutilation hearing. And so on May 7th in 1980, uh, Hanson, the, uh, and, uh, the, which is Myrna, the woman, Myrna Hanson and her son traveled to Albuquerque to meet with Benowitz, staying at his home. Hanson explained to Benowitz that on May 5th, 1980, while she was driving with her son near Eagle Nest, New Mexico, that both of them had witnessed two large silent objects approximately the size of blimps hovering over a nearby meadow. Uh, and at that point, APRO director James Lorenzen suggested contacting someone by the name of Leo Sprinkle, love that name, a psychologist and tenured professor at the University of Wyoming who had been investigating UFO contact reports. Benowitz arranged for Sprinkle to fly to Ab- Albuquerque. And what, el- what else was going to happen? It was hypnotization. They were getting hypnotized. They were going to regress for their memories. You know, I hate that. Don't you hate that? Yeah. You know, again, we've talked about it before. Hypnotizing is like it's such a, it's not the strongest evidence out there to, to be used when not just regard to UFO, but anything that you use it for. So when Sprinkle arrived, Hanson and Benowitz insisted the sessions be conducted in Benowitz's Lincoln town car parked inside the family garage. What? With the cars, really quickly. I'm sorry to interrupt. Really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I want to let everyone know that if you ever want to buy me a gift, just like spend a ton of money on me for $333 on Amazon, you can get a copy of Leo Sprinkle's book, Soul Samples. Personal explorations and reincarnation and UFO experiences. Ooh. Soul samples is an incredible name for <laughs> a, a book. Great name, and the right fact now. that it's $333 means it's rare. And I'm just saying, holy <laughs> shit. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's Soul about right. Soul samples. I'm here for so, it. So Benowitz wanted to, to have Sprinkle hypnotize Mirna in the back of his vehicle, a Lincoln Town car which was then parked inside a family garage and they covered the windows thickly with aluminum foil 
just to be safe. <laughs> then during her first regression of, uh, account, she reported uh, recollecting of a cow being sucked into a hovering spaceship by a tractor beam. So, you know, very reliable memories. Pretty uh, classic, like, imagery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then in further uh, meetings that they had on May 11th and then 12th, she reported recollections of an abduction and being taken to an underground base with body parts that, quote-unquote, floated within vats. Hansen's recollection would later evolve what to become what would become known as the legend of Dulce, the Dulce uh, facility or Dulce base. And during the session, she exclaimed, where's Roswell, New Mexico? Although most members of the public had not yet connected the town to UFO folklore, according to uh, Benowitz, anyway. Hansen sure. reported recalling having been given an implant by the aliens. And on June 3rd, Sprinkle returned to visit Benowitz. He found Benowitz armed with pistol and rifle, concerned that he was vulnerable, uh, that he was vulnerable from attacks from aliens. And Benowitz expressed a desire to protect himself, his family, and Hansen. So he'd gone off the cuckoo deep end about the aliens. Uh, he had armed himself as well. Benowitz then turned to hypnotist James Harder, abduction researcher and a professor, a professor of engineering. And Harder had conducted a hypnotic regression of Travis Walton in 1975, um, which we will absolutely do the Travis, Travis Walton uh, case. Uh, we haven't done that yet, right? No, did we? Yeah, the, I don't fi- think so. the, the, the thing of fire the in the sky is based off of. We've talked about him, but I don't think we've done an episode about I, him. I couldn't. I'm not. It, it sounds so. I, I know we've talked about him more than once. I know. Even. Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely talked about him many, many times. Either way. But episode? That doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. I don't think so either. Um, the two believed, regardless, that Hansen was under the influence of alien beams and wrote detailed instructions. Alien beams? Beams. Yeah. And he wrote detailed instructions on how to use aluminum foil to shield a room from the beams before conducting a regression. Um, Gabrielle Valdez's son, uh, later commented, Hold on. is the assumption there that the beams will prevent you from having an accurate or real regression? Yeah, they're contr- like mind control. As far as I understand, they're mind. So it'd be like, you. instead of you seeing the aliens, when you regress, you'll see like, it was doctors and the doctors were poking. Instead of normal eyeballs, your eyeballs, they're spirals, bro. We're talking Damn. alien beams. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot that, that kind of went down and it's also through him, Benowitz, that we learn of what was known as the Dulce War, uh, a big fight that happened, which we'll talk about. Trust me, we will talk about all of that stuff. Just to give you an idea of where, who our two sources are. So this guy we have know a lot about, and it's pretty fucking crazy. The other guy we know a lot less about, but he ended up kill, like, ended up dying and had a psychotic break that the CIA did end up trying to ac- accomplish, and they did end up accomplishing it. Uh, are we good on that? Does that all make sense? Have we followed our two main sources for this so far because we've got to keep moving on yeah i mean okay good i mean yeah so let's look at the dulce facility specifically it's layout what we know to be within there and then we could talk a little bit about the alien races that inhabit this place so first we've got ourselves the underground levels you're kind of looking at like imagine like a subterranean mega structure stretching over multiple levels some say seven other rumors say even higher And each level is rumored to have its own distinct purpose, ranging from mundane, like security, communications, uh, research, to the bizarre shit like alien housing and genetic experimentation labs. We're talking like whole levels dedicated to the greys, where the greys hang out and where the greys live. Um, What do you mean they live like... Do they have like, like they get their alien housing floor? They hang out. They're like dorms for the aliens. Yeah, literally, yes. What? Do they get like PS5 in there? 
You think the Grays want to play the PS5? You I don't know they- what they want to do. I don't know what they want to do. I guarantee that the, the Grays heard about God of War and were like, get us that game. <laughs> but what if the Grays are future versions of us? Don't you think they would prefer like the PS30? Dude, PS9. Remember that one? There's still there's still people playing SNES games. Yeah, who does that? What loser has freaking losers? What loser out there Shit. just Stupid plays SNES idiots games all the playing time. old games? Yeah, yeah. What guy? What guy bought every old game there is just so that he never had to? Yeah, what a ever live in the present ever again? Idiot. <laughs> I don't know how to. It'd be like someone buying a some sort of device that only plays old games yeah. and then hooking it up to some sort of projector screen yeah. telling all his friends cons- like what an idiot telling all his friends you know what i don't need to buy another game ever sounds like i'm happy forever playing my old games yeah that guy would be so dumb what an idiot would say that <laughs> i'm just we're just talking about somebody else someone right, someone right, else right. Someone, so are you yeah. saying the aliens are like this particular individual yeah. who we do not know yes all right, make all right, i got you so yeah, mm-hmm. no, but you're right. There are like. Don't you ever feel like an alien in your own world? I mean, more than you know, Alex. More than you know. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so uh, you are correct. Yes, the aliens have like bunk levels, essentially dorm dormitories to themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you get deeper, supposedly things just get weirder and weirder. The deeper levels are said to house like what you would consider sci-fi shit advanced technologies beyond our own comprehension. We just don't understand how they work. And then collaborations between humans and different alien species. You kind of think of it like a, almost like a UN air, like a UN with extraterrestrials, the extraterrestrial UN. Fantastic. Um, according to some of the lore, humans and aliens work side by side in Dulce. Eh, you think scientists and lab coats run like working alongside grays, trying to figure out, technology and merging our DNA with theirs, sharing technology back and forth. Um, the base is also said to be a sort of melting pot of aliens. We're talking not just grays, but things like reptilians and Pleiadians and more, which we'll, uh, like I said, talk about shortly. Other things that happen supposedly in there, we're looking at genetic experiments, as I said. Dulce's narratives take darker turns as we move into the world of those genetic experiments that include both humans and animals. Uh, talking about splicing DNA, not just with between humans and aliens, but humans and animals, like chimera pig creatures, dudes? pigmen. Yeah, like pig dudes and and like bird women and oh shit, fish babies. Hell yeah, you know, bird women and fish babies. Yeah, dude, that's like you're, what do you? What would you like, don't fish already have babies? No, but Aren't like there female fish, birds. Okay, sorry, fish human babies. babies human babies that are fish. Human, human babies. babies. Human Dude, this babies. Fish like property. This space is yeah. fucked up. Little do these that little fucking, fucking cool. Play, I want to go. Little do these little PlayStation aliens know they're so close to just sheer biological horrors. If you, do you, I want to be merged with like a tiger. What merged? Merge me with a tiger. Yeah. What do you mean merged? Genetically experiment with my DNA. Turn me into a tiger man. You want to Doctor Moreau your way into being half tiger? I don't under. I don't get that reference. <sighs> God, I don't know how to help you, man. I just don't. Some days I don't. I don't know what to do for you. Just consider me innocent. I'm so innocent. Just know that that's a thing that exists. Consider me innocent, bro. And spans many forms of media. <laughs> consider me innocent. Is that what he does? Does he mer- does he become a does he become a man a manimal a manimal? I mean, he doesn't. Okay, but he makes manimals. Yeah, on his island. I okay, cool. That sounds like a cool dude. It's what if insane. what if that movie was government backed? disclosure 
to get us used to the idea. If that was the movie they chose to make Disclosure in, they made a terrible choice. <laughs> is it not? Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's probably pretty spooky. I mean, there's many versions of that story, but okay. the, the most recent version, I think, with Marlon Brando is insane well i say if this exists it's like the weirdest movie that i've ever seen i I, i've never seen a man act weirder on a camera before yeah but you do i believe see a man slash man cat sex scene which is pretty cool oh yeah it happens interesting um i think yeah man if these aliens exist manimalize me as a tiger i'm down alex what would you be if you're gonna be a half animal like a bear like a Ooh. like a big like a bear like something big enough to be like come like i don't need to wear blankets anymore you know what i mean like i need sure sure I want, sure we're like a, probably like an orangutan like i think people probably would say i look like a human orangutan i don't know i don't want to be one but i am one is that am i doomed to it that's not what we asked you he asked you what would you a want strong to be? a big strong bear or an elephant i want to be a kangaroo I want to have bounce powers and strong upper body strength and a tail that I can stand on. That's a good choice. Yeah, I want to be a kangaroo. That'd be amazing. And then it's kangaroo, bear, tiger podcast, yep. manimal, manimal podcast. It's just us shrieking into the microphone like we always do, except now we're animals. <laughs> <laughs> Other than the genetic stuff, obviously you have your mind control and telepathic experiments. Duh. These kind of techniques were being are being developed and refined in Dulce, where everything is just trying to be weaponized for our, our, our military industrial conspect complex. Uh it's again kind of a place where a lot of different conspiracy theories kind of hang out and make friends with one another. Uh Obviously, Dulce doesn't kind of exist in a vacuum. It's very much a larger part of the UFO narrative and has kind of seeped its way in. Uh, unlike what I would say, the Philadelphia experiment, where most people understand that that's fake, Dulce is still heavily debated within the UFO world as to whether it's true, it's fake, parts of it might be true, maybe it's mostly disinfo. It's hard to know, uh, but this definitely thrives in the UFO world still very, very much. Um, and obviously we're looking at a time too, where project blue book was actually around and was the air forces UFO investigation that was happening. It concluded in 1969 and then kind of left a void filled by a bunch of private researchers that picked up the mantle, move on and so on. And this is the time of which those civilian uh, UFO networks are actually working. And Dulce is kind of their baby in a way, their first big break after, uh, kind of running with what they have. Um, we're we're looking at something so much more deep than what is Area 51 would be considered overall. We are uh, last last things we're, we're talking about here is there are some eyewitnesses that we will talk about. Uh, we're not going to talk about the I want to say what we would consider factual doubts until next episode. We'll really break down how much of this can be traced to something. And I won't say a word. Yeah. Well, you know, yes, this is your yes ending. <laughs> no, no, no. Practice. Next episode, I get to poop on everything. This episode. This is the free version, bro. You need the crack. Yeah, this is the free in. version. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need the crack. Um, the last thing I'm going to link you is there also something known as the Dulce papers that supposedly leaked and they're supposedly online, except the only place that I can find them is a good old website that I have, Visit every so often out of necessity, bibliotecapleiades.net. 
Oh no! I'm gonna link you the link. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we will talk about this a little later. Maybe even not necessarily this episode. It may be a next episode. I'm being thing. skeptical, but the word art says otherwise. This is some <laughs> professionalism. This is they got the shadow and the 3D twist. They got yeah they they and I think it's like bezeled too. Yeah. Uh, the video at the bottom of the page doesn't even exist. No, this is good stuff. Exist. Long gone. It's just a black square. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the thing with the Dulce papers is we don't know if you know quote unquote they're real or not. There's a scan of a paper that says what the Dulce papers are. Yes. There's some scans below, and one is exactly but that. It's not the papers. It's just a tribute. Um. We'll right. So uh, <laughs> uh. Go ahead and you know what, Alex. Instead of me reading it, go ahead and read what the Dulce papers supposedly were. In late 1987, I was introduced to the Dulce Papers by UFO Research Group Quest International UK. These documents discuss a joint alien government-run facility in New Mexico, USA. They show and talk about a piece of camera's footage of alien breeding chambers and tanks holding what appears to be gray aliens. These documents surfaced at a time when UFOlogy was blossoming around the world. Sightings were up, and the emergence of the crop circles had spawned a new generation of interested searchers. During this time, many strange documents were fed to the hungry public domain by strange, cloudy background characters like Bill Moore, Bill Hamilton, and John Lear. Each of these told a confusing, disturbing story of human-alien interaction, underground bases, and a secret government at the heart of a cosmic conspiracy. In 1987, the the document fascinated me and cross-referenced with abduction stories and alleged security guard statements and tidbits. I felt that the whole story had some element of truth. Nearly 10 years later, in 1996, through the internet, I found a piece of film footage that was labeled Area 51. This turned out to show exactly the same scenes as released in the Dulce Papers almost 10 years earlier. In clear detail, large upright tanks can be seen with what really does appear to be gray aliens inside. That is taken directly off their website. Now, at the bottom of that website, there once was what was supposed to be that video. Um, so we don't really like have it. I've tried trying to find it. And I think, uh, I, I mean, not, I think I failed. I was never able to find what was supposedly that video. I don't know if it exists. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read just the first paragraph off of the actual piece of paper that is scanned on here called the Dulce papers to give you an idea of what, you know, this supposedly held. So the Dulce papers are comprised of 25 black and white photos a videotape with no dialogue and a set of papers that included technical information of the allegedly joint uh, of the alleged jointly occupied U.S. alien facility one kilometer beneath the uh, the Arculeta Mesa near Dulce, New Mexico. Several persons were given the above package to hold for safekeeping. Most of those given the package were shown what the package contained, but were not technically oriented and knew very little about what they were looking at. The following was written by one of these persons about what the papers contained. This person was described, uh, this person described the scenes of that videotape showed and made, and that's all scratched out. You can't really see what this says. Something pencil drawings of some of the videos. What you see is what you get. I can't decipher what is written or drawn any more than you can. I pass these papers on only in the interest of getting out the truth. For, from other information, I have I believe the information contained herein is true. I believe the facility exists and is currently operational. I also believe that there are four additional fa- uh, facilities of the same type, one located a few miles to the southeast of Groom Lake, Nevada. What is the truth? 
only God, MJ-12, and the aliens know for sure. So that's just the first paragraph of the Dulce Papers uh, kind of introduction paper there. Interesting. Um, And there's a few other papers that just have like weird drawings and some uh, descriptions of what we're looking at. And we'll talk again more about those as we kind of get to that point. But also apparently something went down according to this. The Dulce Wars. The Dulce Wars. In the late 70s. I mentioned it. Remember we talked about, we very briefly mentioned the Dulce Wars. Right, right, right. But it. It doesn't necessarily say it was a war. It just says that 66 humans were killed. I'm surprised that that's called a war. I can't imagine the ton of people that are inside that facility. So, yeah, war maybe maybe like a kind of sure ter- uh, overblown term. Sure. Um, but, yeah, there's some shit that happened in there, and we'll eventually get to that. Also, these images, by the way, just there's five mm. images. One is text. The other Earth. four. We have yep. a close-up of a little tiny gray baby. <laughs> In his little sack. A little tiny gray baby, dude. With notes next to it that talk about like what's happening. Yeah. Then the next image is like the big chamber where all the little gray babies are. (laughs) It looks like it, but it also looks like a hose with a water balloon on one end of it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the vibe. And the little baby, the little baby in the hand (laughs) is super weird. I I actually like, that's a fun detail. I'll be honest. It's like, it's a little tiny. Three fingers, two toes, not human color wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he cute? No, he's sleeping. And then the next image is like a hallway where they describe a gutter in the floor and like a trough on the side, things like that. Kind of fun. There's like a. It looks like it looks like a Disneyland ride. Yeah, definitely has the same vibe as like you're waiting in line for something. And the last one's my favorite because it straight up is just a tub full of amber liquid, and they vibrate it, and then there's large pieces of pale meat, pale submerged meat. in it, not floating, submerged, and they just like. <laughs> the Agitated. worst part is, is I can visibly see this. Like, not just the yeah. diagram, but I've seen this kind of thing in movies before. Yeah. And it's interesting because if this is to feed the greys, we did learn in that, quote unquote learn, in that whistleblower, the guy that was like supposedly a geneticist that talked about how they had only taken a liquid diet that's kind of amber in color and they secrete their waste through their sweating pores. So maybe they're vibrating the nutrition out of the meat to make the water nutritious. I don't know. To make the amber liquid? Very, very possible. I mean, it's all guessing. They even say that they don't know what any of this means. Uh, I found the link to the YouTube video that was that that was that thing, but it's but it's been removed. And the the video itself is it seems to be a flash player issue. I don't know what it is that the website that we're looking at is quite old and has backups all the way, you know, beyond 15 years. So do you have a link to it that I can click on anyway and just have it? I mean, to the video, to the to the YouTube link. Yeah, just send me a link anyway. Just like throw it in the notes at the very least. Let's talk about what species of aliens are residing within Dulce facility, even right now, as we fucking speak, as we live and breathe. They're working with the aliens in the Dulce facility right Do you think now. They're listening and they're like, "That's us, dude." Yes, they're they got it. The government's listening for sure. Okay, so let's start with the obvious. The Grays are obviously hanging out there the grays are are have been there probably from the very beginning we're looking at uh depicted as the quintessential three to four foot tall slender bodies large almond shaped eyes with a noggin to house a galaxy brain all their own um they don't have you know either no noses or minimal noses no ears no hair totally smooth and uh what we know of them living there is their purpose as far as we know they're 
directly associated with the abductions that are happening around the Earth and genetic experiments directly related to those abductions. In Dolce, they are often depicted as the primary sort of like technicians and scientists of the base itself. They're the ones that are conducting the complex genetic and biological research throughout the base, possibly to understand human biology, possibly to create some sort of hybrid. There's also the rumor that they can no longer uh, properly reproduce. So they use our DNA and our, our body to like create more of them through this hybrid research. That's the grays though. It's basically every classic gray conspiracy they're doing at Dulce. Then Mm -hmm. the other most common one, the reptilians. The reptilians are hanging out. And uh, they were already there. They were just like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) Uh, They made just terrestrial. They're just hanging out already. Uh, Reptilians are anywhere between six to eight feet tall, extremely muscular with green, usually scaly skin, sometimes yellow or red eyes. And they're said to possess a high degree of intelligence and physical strength but not quite that of the greys. And what they're doing here is kind of hard to figure out. They are often talked about in stories as imposing figures. In fact, a lot of the uh, problems between humans and the aliens at Dulce are almost always human and reptilian themselves. Um, We think they might be involved in the governance or management of the base's day-to-day operations. They're sometimes depicted as have a menacing presence. Yeah, time out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just straight up those bug people on the the one star base in mass effect the elcor or the in the citadel and mass effect the bug people that just are there and they've always been there oh the archivists or whatever like, yeah. yeah the arc the caretakers or whatever and they're like don't mess with them they just do their job we don't even ask questions those guys on the citadel well they're also involved other than that they're also involved in the more sinister aspect of some of the facilities activities like those guys on the citadel bro uh, that's true including the potentially just manipulating humanity and control like trying to exert control over the government and other species they're very aggressive they seem like they're always trying to like be in charge uh and they also eat meat and we think maybe human meat is their favorite they really like human meat and you have to be very very careful around them like very respectful that doesn't seem like absolutely that seems like a <laughs> like, it's just one of those me. things where the more that you focus on the different aliens yeah. and what they want and how they interact with the it just makes even less sense that it's all a secret well is it a secret we know about it we're talking about it is it a secret Oh, you know what? Touche. Touche. I'll shut up. You're right. Got me. I got you. That's like when those people are like, I'm being (laughs) deplatformed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking to CNN to let you know that no one wants to hear me talk anymore. Um, Touche. So reptilians doing reptilian things. Uh, Also got the tall whites hanging out in there. Uh, These guys are, you know, another six, seven feet tall, very pale skin, often possessing extraordinarily like like longevity in their life, living hundreds and hundreds of years, sometimes depicted as having almost like an ethereal presence, very like it makes people uneasy to be around them. They're elves. Uh, They're often portrayed as somewhat detached observers or just or uh, advisors. They don't seem directly involved in the research, but they're there on a more. You could think of it as more like a zoo theory style alien. They're there to watch and observe more than anything. They're speculated to maybe be involved in sharing some technology with us, maybe playing a role in helping us get some more advanced tech knowledge. But for the most part, they seem to just be there to observe and occasionally offer guiding direction on a scientific experiment or exploratory something or other. They're not really super involved. Then you get into the weirder side where now we're looking at 
not just uh, hybrids, but specifically human alien hybrids, the ones that like uh, the uh, successful experiments, um, usually ones mixed with grays. They are described as having a mix of both human features and aliens. Usually their eyes are slightly bigger than that of hu- uh, normal humans, their nose and their mouths slightly smaller. Sometimes they can have a bigger, a slightly bigger head. Um, and their skin, uh, their skin colors can be a little more pale or strange than that of a normal humans. Um, and their purpose at Dolce facility is one of the more talked about or debated aspects of this place. They're said to be the result of obviously the extensive genetic experimentation, potentially representing a, not only just a fusion of human and alien traits for reasons ranging from medical research to the creation of just new species, but potentially to slowly ingratiate themselves and insert themselves into our society above ground so that the slow disclosure becomes less of a threat and more of something that we just kind of accept because we're already living around it amongst felt like hybrids. It was happening already. They yeah. were here. The hybrids have been here. And maybe your the best big boys friend have been here among us this entire time. Right, dude. And maybe your best friend that, you know, when disclosure happens, turns to you and goes, Finally, I can tell you I'm not actually a human. I'm a hybrid. I'm a pigman. I'm a star yeah. child. I'm a manimal. And he lifts his shirt and he has gills. You know what? I believe someone was more of a pig person than a star child any day. If you came to me and said, I'm half pig, I'd be like, shit, really? If you came <laughs> to me and said you were a star child, I'd be like, get out of here. I'm an orangutan in human skin. I'd be like, yeah. No, we all knew, dude. Like, we just didn't say anything because it's chill. We like I'm you, just man. so happy you were able to be yourself and come forward. Like, I'm just so happy that you guys let me smoke all those cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Have another one, actually. It's great to watch a orangutan smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Like, that's, you know what? Be yourself. Be, yeah, whatever. You, be true to you dude he's showing us a uh <laughs> <laughs> all right so he's holding up his phone to the screen and it has a picture of an orangutan in a tomato an orangutan tomato and it asks if it's real or fake and has science gone too far i don't know how where like i want to know how you knew to just bring that up like did you have that saved on your phone i guarantee you I just had saw it. it on twitter i just saw it on twitter earlier <laughs> All right, we got two more species left on this base to talk about. <laughs> the next are the Nordic slash Pleiadians, another topic we just covered. And wouldn't you know it, the Pleiadians have a little fucking, you know, bunk here on Dulce. They've been vibing out. I you was know? just on their biblioteca. Dude, yeah, biblioteca Pleiades. Ex- exactly. You see the connections. Uh, these are the Nordics. You know what they look like. Giant Vikings, blonde hair beautiful quote unquote and they always emanate some sort of they're always there for peace they're benevolent they're trying to guide us in the in the direction of loving one another and and embracing each other as brothers and sisters that we are and to stop blowing each other up with with bombs uh but they you know they always tell the back you know the farm the people who live in like a farm in the middle of like minnesota instead of going to well maybe but if dolce facility is real they are talking to the government people um what are they doing there what you would expect diplomats emissaries involved in interspecies communication they play mediator between a lot of other species uh, goings on uh, obviously the reptilians are constantly being uh, aggressive and they are often there to try and keep things at a operational level um they're sometimes said to be advocates for humanity providing a weird counterbalance to the people like the race like the reptilians who really just don't like humans at all uh 
So the, yeah, the, there you go. The Nordics and the Pleiadians are there. Last, the last species of alien, the insectoids. The ones that we don't talk about too much ever. You, this is like the These mantis are the ones aliens. that we were saying look like the uh, the uh, jellyfish aliens a little bit the other day with uh, Let's Get Haunted. Yes, the weird like you know the one that had drew out and like traced like the mantis hands, but had, like a weird head. yes, yeah, that's exactly yes, who we're talking like about. Zorak, yeah, yeah like, exactly. it is Zorak. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. They're usually resembling large insects, often compared to mantis or praying mantis for their sharp like appendage blade like appendages for hands um they uh they have elongated limbs antennae like structures on the top of their head and when when we're talking about dulce and what they're doing there they're typically portrayed as specialists or experts in certain fields possibly related to advanced biological or technological research we just don't have enough evidence to know which and they are often depicted as highly intelligent and focused on very focused on what their projects are they're like hyper focused you know when adhd and you get something that gives you that dopamine hit and you get super zoomed in on it and it's the only thing you care about that's insectoids with their research they find the thing they love and they hyper focus on it that's what they that's what they do so there's a couple of aliens that we actually have quote unquote names for as well within this group uh, that are kind of maybe real, potentially an, an, a small eye into what going is on on Dulce is. One of them is simply known as Commander X. Commander X, in some versions of the Dulce lore. Does he wear like a, like, like a mask and it's like goes over his face so you can't really see his whole identity, but it like also goes into like two big wings on the side of his head and he wears a tuxedo that's black and white? He went from Judge Dredd to anime. But is he also the main character's secret brother? <laughs> well, you have to tell me how he's related to the related to the other person that we're going to talk about here. Oh shit! Secret brother, obviously. All we know about Commander X is that he had some high rank or leader position. Uh, that he was, we believe that he was Nordic, and he was uh, there overseeing operations or interactions that were happening between species, a mediator of a type. And we don't. But details about him are very sparse. Other than that. And often when we do get details, they contradict one another. Uh, so it's hard to really pinpoint if any of it's actually real. Uh, and the second one we have a name for is somebody who simply goes by the name or title, the Elder. Do you think he's Commander X's father in this story? What do you think? Mm, the Elder probably is a kid. You know what I mean? Like they call him the Elder, but it's like a like a goofy like it's when you call the big guy tiny. Yeah, it's, you know what it is. The Elder is like an actual young person, but his brain is like inside his brain is like an actual old an old like right. They put yeah. the brain of an old space alien yeah. in him. Yeah, but he's like a child. That's the one. So it's like I have lived for twelve thousand years, but it's like a kid. Yes, you think that's what it was? I like that. I kind of like that, honestly. That's kind of neat. That's if it was a comic book. Okay, yeah. Oh, we couldn't, dude. How has there not been a Dulce facility like style comic books like one off series? I would say there probably has. There's been. There's got to be right. I mean, definitely stuff like it. Like I, that was almost straight out of shade. What I just said, almost. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Um, much like Commander X, we deck. We don't know much about the Elder. Uh, we know that whatever the elder is, it's often depicted as being kind of ancient and wise, possibly possessing knowledge far beyond human understanding about the nature of reality itself. The elder is thought to play an, a kind of like diplomatic role within the base. This entity might be involved in overseeing interactions between different alien species and possibly between humans and aliens themselves, but it's not clear 
which species of alien, if any of the six alien species, the elder belongs to. Uh, within Dulce lore, several species are kind of mentioned, like the greys and reptilians that he might be, but there's no definitive answer as to who the elder is. And a lot of con conversation is that uh, it kind of leads me to believe that if this thing is real, it'd be, it seems interdimensional. It seems almost not fully like one of any of the species there. Um, the elder, uh, you know, as far as where we get this, again, all of this comes from varying sources throughout of quote unquote eyewitnesses. Uh, but again, beyond that, we don't know anything much else about the elder. Uh, it's just all rumors, speculation, and anecdotal accounts about this strange creature that seems to be there to oversee and offer guidance. And of course, it has. The, when you say when you say oversee and offer guidance, you mean like the whole facility? Uh, it's yeah. Like the, the what the examples that are I uh, that I've read are things as, as small as an argument between the greys and the reptilians to diplomatic, like world government diplomatic things. It's just there to guide uh, question. But mark. this, but, but this thing is not one of any of the aliens you've mentioned, right? There's no, we have no idea what species this thing is. We do not know. It's not mentioned anywhere. That's some good lore. That's like, that's some good mysterious lore. I like and, that. And it's got, a, it's got a classic name, the elder of all things. Maybe it's just like a little like tree. Maybe it's like a little like it's a little tree. You think it's a tree alien? Like a little, you know, like a little psychic snail or some shit. Like some little like in a terrarium. Yeah. What if its name was Gaia? Oh, bro, and it represented all of Earth. There you go, dude. I'm playing Horizon Forbidden West. That's what I'm saying, dude. And uh, yeah, there's Gaia right there. That's like all I can think of. You're like, what if it's an AI? That, Not an AI. That. What if it's an AI that's actually multiple AIs combined to make one AI, but one of them went rogue? Yeah, yeah, dude, can I just say, this is off topic. I'm really loving the gameplay of Forbidden West. I just don't care about the, the lore. It's weird. Yeah. The AI lore is cool. The tribal nonsense I could give no shits about. Some of it's cool. Like when you find out that the one tribe loves SETI. Yeah. Because like it made noises. And so their entire tribe is based off of like the noise and do re mi. And I think it's super cute. But like, you're right. That's all right. Most of it's kind of like, yeah, all right. It's fun. You want to kill the T-Rex more than you want to do anything else. Like, I don't care about your lore. Let me blow this giant dinosaur up. It looks like a bunch of tech interns got scanned into the game and <laughs> are all of the characters. Uh, the last thing I want to cover just briefly, and it's going to where we're going to pick up in the next episode, is the Dulce War. The thing I promised we would talk about just a little bit and what exactly this weird thing was. And what it refers to is an underground battle between humans, specifically U.S. military forces, and the extraterrestrials at the Dulce base that was uh, that happened out in, in New Mexico. And the event is said to have occurred in the late 1970s at the Dulce base, which uh, we now know of is home to a bunch of fucking aliens. And the conflict is often described as having been triggered by growing tensions between human scientists and workers and the extraterrestrial inhabitants of the base, particularly over the nature of the experiments being conducted. Now, Part of UFO lore is that the greys are the ones often doing the abducting. And also part of that lore, depending on where you go, is that the greys have an agreement with the government not to abduct X number. You only abduct X number of people every year. They're not supposed to abduct any more than that. And even in this, this lore, there is an agreement that the greys are not supposed to be abducting anymore, but the greys just straight up ignore it. And they just... They don't care about your agreements because none of that fucking matters. I signed it to make you go away. I'm just going to abduct however many people I want to abduct and you can't stop us. And we can't. Uh, 
that was a big, you know, that was part of it. We also had the reptilians who feed on humans and didn't particularly enjoy human company. And you often had to not look reptilians in the eye and bow to them and refer to them in very particular ways. Uh, this is really what led to what this quote unquote Dulce war was. And according to the lore, that violent confrontation erupted between the two sides. And this battle, sometimes referred to as a war, uh, was the due to the alleged alleged intensity and scale of fighting, lost numerous lives. There are claims of numerous casualties, including a significant number of human personnel and presumably extraterrestrial beings. And the story often includes accounts of individuals who supposedly escaped the facility and were able to provide details about the event, which is how we know. Thomas Costello, one of the people we spoke about in detail earlier about as, as one of the sources, is a purported former security officer at the base and is often cited in these narratives, although his existence and account are obviously not able to be freaking verified at all. Um, we know that in the in the war, the human casualties uh, often mentions that a, it was a significant number, including scientists and military officers. They were killed during this conflict. The exact number <sighs> varies depending on who you ask, but usually it's suggested in the dozens. Usually dozens of humans have died. What were you going to say? Sorry, I see. Uh, did you? I thought something was no. Okay, I just, I just was. I'm just like, what happened to them? I imagine they were sent, like, told their families killed in battle is a tragic accident. This, that, and the other. Lie to the family. Is that what you mean? Like, what happened to them? A, yeah, I mean, I, I just, it feels weird that they would not notice that 66 people died in the same, sure, you know, at the same time in the same. You know, I don't know. It's 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 hard to swallow. Well, yeah, exactly, and that's that's part of it, right? Like the aspects of this that are tethered to some truth and some fact are interesting, but a lot of the uh, Dulce facility itself is much like Philadelphia Experiment. You know, accounts from people who say they were there. Um, what again makes it interesting is the actual aspects of the government that were involved, and if there might have actually been a piece of truth to this at all. Um, obviously in terms of casualties, we know, we think extraterrestrials die that we know even less about how many of them, those ended up dying. And some versions of the story include accounts, like I said, from the witnesses who fled and, uh, the identities and testimonies of these individuals are not verified and are often unable to be beak verified and so fall into, uh, the conspiracy narrative. Isn't that just the way? Yeah, isn't yeah. always <laughs> the fucking way of this thing. Um, and that is a general, very general foundational understanding of what the Dulce facility is, kind of what its purpose is. And next week, we're going to talk about some of the more detailed experiments that happened, some other very prominent names that pop up that we can actually track, and where the fact, if any of it is, and where some of this, if we want to call it fiction, or shall we say, uh, unverifiable information, eeped its way into lore and solidified itself as part of the discussion from that point on, uh, as we always do with these kind of things. So that's it. That's it for today's episode, boys. It's already over an hour. It kind of went by fast. Uh, next week, it's Dolce Facility Part 2, which will be the final part. Can't wait for more. Yeah, very interesting. That was, that was neat. That was fun. Not total horseshit, you know? It's not, great. It's not crazy like... <laughs> you know what? I'll save it. I'll save it for next week. <laughs> not as crazy as Philadelphia <laughs> Experiment, I was going to say. Oh, 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 no. I was more responding to Alex's, yeah. but yeah. like... It you passed know. a few more sniff tests. It passed a few more sniff tests, let's say. Yeah, just a, just a few. I don't know. It just seems... No. 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 I made a no, promise. No, 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 no. You're allowed. Big fan of, of <laughs> the concept of what this is. 
And I can't wait to learn more about why it's all bullshit. We're off to do a mini-sode. We're going to go talk about the UAP, uh, actually, from last week. uh, And a bit more detail about the UAP world and what's happening in it right now. Thank you so much for your support. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the... I don't know who they are. There's two. What? Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer. No. Neo and Trinity. No. I don't understand, and I probably never will. Let me just tell you right now that there's two... Kennedy and Claire Redfield. I'm telling you, I think he literally just looked up famous duos. Cheech and Chong. And it's been going through the list ever since. I'm trying to dig deep. Which one of you is uh, Dick Powell? Me? Your name's Jesse Cox. <laughs> I want to love you. I want my body. Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by Alex and Jesse. Like a shooting star across the sky that's actually a UFO.